Julia Binoche played a Chilean, and it was like, nobody cared. <laughs> no one gave a shit. And she flew on in that movie. It's just her talking about how she's going to make empanadas. And it's like a French woman with a tan <laughs> talking about how she's going to make empanadas. And a Latina woman directed it and was just like... Oh, like I'm I'm dead serious. Like Jennifer Lopez was supposed to be in this part and they're like, "Well, she passed, but we can get Julia Binoche. Fuck it. Just Academy Award-winning actress. Let's get her in this shit." Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 447 with a review of Ghost in the Shell. I am Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we're talking about a little, little film about the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this future, there are a lot of people who are taking on cybernetic augmentations so uh, my question for the week to you guys is, as we approach a time where people are going to start augmenting their bodies digitally, um, how do you guys feel about that? And uh, would you augment yourself? And if so, what would you augment? <laughs> so so many ways you could go with this one. This sounds like a loaded question. And you, um, can't, you can't say penis. Yeah. All right. Uh, Pe- penis is off the table. Um, damn it. Let's see. So what, what were the components of the question? So basically, how, how do you feel? And you can skip the how do you feel. Just yeah. In a future where we, we let's say tomorrow, nah, let's just say a year from now, like tomorrow augmentation is available. A year from now, like it's actually good. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about uh, them failing and killing you because you punch yourself in the face with a robot arm. Like No Dr. Say, Octopus shit. Yeah, yeah. No Dr. Octopus stuff. Like So basically, augmentations are widely available and, it really, and, and they're safe. It really just comes down to how comfortable you, f- you feel about having them. Mm-hmm. Um, would you get them, and what would you get? I, I mean, for me, it would depend on if it's permanent or not, right? Like, tattoos are safe, and yet I would never get a tattoo. Um, there, are, there are lots of things that I don't do not because they're not safe, but because I don't, I'm too, like, indecisive to commit to anything. <laughs> no, um, I feel you there. So, like, if, if there were augmentations where I could be, like, hey, when I go for a walk, I'll put this thing on my feet, like hot swap my feet for a thing that can walk like way faster and more conveniently, then yeah, I would consider it. But I don't, I don't think I would make any permanent change to my body. I feel like hot swapping your feet is a permanent change. <laughs> no, but like imagine I could swap them back afterwards. That, that, that's the, the point is if it was not permanent, like if there was a way I could like augment without permanently modifying anything. But, but I think putting in the hot swappableness... Even if you could put your real feet back on. Chris, this is my future, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Basically, my answer is no, I don't think I would. And part of it is most of my life, like, my... Since we already took that off the table, (laughs) uh, my body doesn't matter for most things, right? Like, it it isn't like at work I'm thinking, oh, if only I could lift things ten times heavier than what I can already lift. Um, So, no, I I don't think I would do it. I, I would feel fine about people who did, but it... It isn't a thing that I've ever wanted. I also don't trust technology, no matter how safe they yeah, they yeah, say yeah. it is, because I've programmed that shit, and <laughs> it's not going to be good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carson, nah, man, I'm not going to fuck with that shit, man. Like, uh, it's like that. It's like that movie Body Parts, where like Jeff Fahey gets like a he like loses his arm, he gets a serial killer's arm, 
and then he starts going crazy <laughs> like that like i don't want like a robot arm or a robot limb and then you know it it it, it becomes sentient or something um <laughs> I love that that is your version of that's oh, what I, you're afraid, afraid I, I, of. I did think of one, by the way, after Carson. Oh, but it's, yeah, it's too late, um, Steven. <laughs> nah, I, 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 I wouldn't mess around with that shit, man. This is, uh, no. Plus, it would probably be very expensive. <laughs> let's be <laughs> well, real. Let's just say uh, we're, we're using this sweet spoiler warning money to, <laughs> to pay for the augmentations. <laughs> oh, this episode yeah, is sponsored pay- by Squarespace, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> That um, Patreon but, is lit, man. It's just <laughs> overflowing. But yeah, what, yeah. What, was the, what was the thing that you just came up with, Stephen? I, I realized it already exists. I was going to say teeth. So dentures. <laughs> because teeth are so stupid. They, but you need like cybernetic dentures. Yeah, yeah. Well, like teeth, they, get, they just sit there. They don't have to do anything. And yet they get cavities. They like hurt. You have to have work done <laughs> on them. And they can kill you if you don't. You don't have to do anything but chew. <laughs> So yeah, cyber, <laughs> cybernetic dentures, that's uh, that's what I would do. Like, put them in, they do self-cleaning or whatever, you don't need to worry about going to the dentist <laughs> you anymore. You never brush your teeth. <laughs> they just digitally clean themselves. <laughs> well, because that was the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so for me, I, I, I am in the world where I would aspirationally want to want augmentations. Like, I think it would be cool. Like, I think some sort of augmented eyes... Uh, to the point where, like, you have normal eyes, but then you get all this digital overlays. Like, the dream of, like, the wearable computer that we have now, but inside of your eyes, right? I can scan shit, read things, and everything like that. Um, I think that would be rad. Um, it'd be the less, least, sorry, not least invasive, but, I mean, it'd be the le- least present change to your physical body. Like, like the most invasive. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the most invasive <laughs> and most, I guess, risky. Uh, but... On the other side, there's still a part of me that like doesn't go to the doctor much because I don't trust that shit. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't, I don't take medications and things that right. that mess with me because I don't really know what they're going to do. So if I'm like worried about taking weird medications or weird other substances, um, I find it hard to believe that I'd want things like digitally implanted into my brain to affect me in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be cool to be able to have, you know, the dream of the world wearable computer, but like inside of your head and be able to scan shit. Like, you know, like Tony Stark's uh, Iron Man HUD, right? Just like, boom, right there doing kind of stuff. Like that would be, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I just, again, I feel like there's so little time in my life when that is actually what I would need, right? Is like, I, I know what I'm looking at, but I want more information. But think about how many times in your life you didn't know you need something until you got that thing, right? No. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm, all, I'm also I, like you. I don't even take, like, aspirin when I have a headache. So yeah. I, I don't know how I would leapfrog to, like, crazy night vision eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you can be – Chris can be the guinea pig on that one, and uh, yeah. so we can see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, yeah. what do you say we stop holding this off any longer and we just get into our review of Ghost in the Shell? Mm-hmm. Right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Ghost in the Shell and then come back and give you guys a review. I have been watching you. You have to remember it. I saw someone down there. He wasn't human. He's a known terrorist. And he's killed again. 
They didn't just kill them. They hacked into their minds. He's everywhere. Nowhere. I will find him. And I will kill him. talk about your past i don't remember much just fragments there was an attack you were dying we saved you and now you save others everything they told you was a lie you had a family remember that Okay, so Ghost in the Shell is, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit like Robocop. You know, there's like this company that's trying to build this machine that is like the body of a machine, but with the brain of a human, because humans can do all the stuff that machines can't, and machines can do all the stuff that humans can't. So what if we could have this perfect world in which we meld those two things, and we create this elite soldier thing that can do all this stuff? Well, that, that's a lot like Robocop. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly like Robocop. Um, <laughs> but... Strangely enough, there might be some other kind of shenaniganry that uh, was involved in, in, in stuff related to who they chose to be the candidate for this thing. And uh, our hero, um, heroine, <laughs> begins to kind of have these like experiences that make her wonder about her origins and blah, 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 blah. And crazy stuff happens based off the well-loved anime uh, from back in the day. Stephen, why don't you start us off and let us know what you thought about Ghost in the Shell. Whoa, I thought Carson usually started this. Um, he did, but a long time ago he said he never wanted to go first. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think I I might have the least to say on this, like the most, the most boring feeling. So basically, I have no allegiance to the original Ghost in the Shell. I've never, I assume it was an anime and an animated movie. Uh, I've never, never seen either. I I didn't know anything. I, I had no idea until Chris and I talked after the screening what, if any, was even lifted from the original source material and what they came up with for this movie. So no allegiance to that. Uh, I also, I know there's like this big uh, scandal about how whitewashed the movie is. And I will say it's like, it's pretty damn whitewashed. Like, <laughs> like every character who actually matters is clearly a white person in this movie. Not going to touch that either. I tried to just watch this as a movie and I got like kong skull island type results at best it was like uh it, it was visually a very cool movie I, th I think i told chris after the screening like visually this felt like what dr strange was trying to do but in a more mature kind of interesting technological way like the visuals of the way people dissolve and move through different spaces it, it is very very cool um 
story-wise, though, this movie is just like, it's all set up and no story driving it. I, I mean, characters are very one-dimensional. I, I couldn't really tell you what happens in this movie other than like <laughs> who Major is. And who we find out Major is by the end of the movie. Like, beyond that, I, I don't know where the two hours went. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I I didn't mind watching it. Like, I felt completely fine about it. I, I don't think this deserves to be, like, a bomb or anything. But it 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 just didn't do much for me. It was like, yeah, that that's fine. <laughs> that, that was fine. That was cool. <laughs> and, and that's all I got from it. Like, like I do think the world it sets up is interesting like the source material is clearly pretty cool so i would i would not mind digging into this world again but this one just did not it didn't leave that much of a mental footprint and part of it if i can pull a carson is that the world like in the non-cool action sequences the world just felt like very bright and cg and not very tangible right like it, it didn't make me feel like i was in a place and invested in people it was just like a a series of special effects that were trying to show off cool things and then like had to fill a plot in somehow. Yeah. So yeah, very, very meh for me. Total middle of the road movie. <clears throat> All right, Carson, I know before you, you saw this movie a little while ago and uh, we were talking about getting ready to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> we asked if you had already seen it and you were like, Oh, Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I saw it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Do your worst, Carson. <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah, it was about what I expected. Like, um, and I, I told, I told Chris beforehand that I, I have seen the, the movie, the anime movie. Um, and I, I mean, that movie is admittedly a classic, uh, rightfully so. Um, you can definitely see the influences that movie had on stuff like the Matrix. Um, and there is, many shots in this remake that are uh di are lifted directly from the anime um but i just think that you know steven said something about like they they had like a lot of stuff going on but he didn't really know what was going on like i mean it's true it's like they had they they had a runtime like this this movie had a runtime but like what was filled i don't even know like stuff was filled but uh <laughs> it was really it didn't really add up to much um i think that i mean it's it's a it's not the worst movie but it's a very mediocre movie and i think it ends up being worse because it's like so inoffensive like it's just like they they really took this this property that was like the anime is a very like cerebral it's a it's not a mainstream movie like it's a very cerebral like people talking about very philosophically about humans and machines like it's a very like uh like if Nicholas Winding Refn did a anime type of thing like very <laughs> not not mainstream at all like there's the there's that really like crazy score um and and just a lot of like intense imagery and stuff um and it's very like it's very hard r like and and i figured well you know they're obviously they're gonna take this movie and they're just gonna they're just gonna water it down to try and make this for mainstream audiences and that's kind of what they did like um and i think that was i think that was a a negative thing because 
I really don't think this kind of material plays like just as a kind of like a dumb shoot 'em up sci-fi movie. Um, and it's weird because like all the all the dialogue in the anime is it's a lot of like the same type of dialogue where they're explaining the plot and talking about things. Um, but again, they're having these like really deep conversations and I don't know, maybe it just sounds cooler in Japanese. Um, but in, in English, like they're just in this movie in English, it's like, it's so boring. Like they're all just talking about algorithms and tech jargon and the plot. (laughs) And you're just like, I don't care. Like, it's so boring. Like none of the characters are interesting. And, um, they kind of change around the story in this one to make, like Chris was joking, to basically make it like RoboCop. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's just weird how they decided to go this route because it's just not material, I don't think, that was was made for mainstream audiences. And then, like, I feel like if they had gone, like, you know, it would have been more of a risk, but if they had gone, like, the really hardcore R-rated route and have it be just, like, really dark and brooding and uh, just completely inaccessible, I think that would have been the better way to go. Like, obviously, like I said, it would have been more risky, but, like, I feel like more people would have been on board with that. And if it gotten, you know, a lot of critical acclaim, then that would obviously drive people to see it, kind of like a like a Mad Max Fury Road or something. Like, I think that people could get on board if people were saying, like, yo, you got to see this. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and um, and the visuals, I mean, the visuals do look excellent. I mean, I think that they are uh, seamlessly integrated, like all the background stuff. Um, but I feel like it just loses its luster after five minutes because it all just looks like leftover shit from Blade Runner um, mixed with like, <laughs> yeah, mixed with like, I mean, you know, it's just the same stuff we've seen before. Like just it feels derivative, even though. This and the anime wasn't like that. I mean, it had it had this very dystopian vibe. But it didn't have all like you know the bright colors and stuff. It's like they it's like they melded Fifth Element and Blade Runner. Um, and you know, again, I think in the previews you're like, oh, that looks cool. But then you know, after a while, you're just like, well, I've seen this, and then it just becomes boring. And then there's nothing else to latch onto, and you're just sitting there like, I guess stuff is happening. Like, okay. Um, and, and I feel like that was exactly how, uh, Rupert Sanders directed this. Also, he did Snow White and the Huntsman, which was the same deal where it was like, it was like they cut a badass trailer and it got you super stoked. And then the movie was super boring, but it looked great, but it was boring as fuck. And, um, yeah, that's kind of how this is too, where it just, it's really like immaculately designed and they really... I mean, put the money on the screen, and it's just kind of sad that they didn't really have a strong movie to support it. Um, anyway, that's 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 my take. Yeah, so I mean, as you know, you you had hinted before that you weren't really excited about it. We've been hearing uh, some chatter that it's not very good. A lot of quotes, like something about the film being as lifeless as the main character, who is no longer alive. <laughs> um, and you know, I was. I wasn't excited for the film, but I I was like willing to go in and maybe try to come up with a way to defend this against the the seeming hate that was around it. Um, but like from pretty much the get go, this film is just kind of a major piece of shit. Um, <laughs> a major piece. Of shots, shit. Yeah, shots man, fired. Pun, pun intended. 
Um, <laughs> this film basically, you know, drowned in a boat and then was reconstituted into some cybernetic being that tried to go on the screen and entertain us and just did a poor job of it. Um, I, I, it's, it literally is just boring. <laughs> like it, I, if you really break down the entire events of the film, like, you know, we, we get an introduction to the creation of the major and, you know, she wakes up and you get this scene like in the trailer from, uh, um, what's the movie that you loved with the guys, Fassie and Marianne Cotillard cutting people. Oh, uh, it's Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Assassin's Creed. Like it had that same scene, you know, where she wakes up and she's like, just, so you know, you totally died, but now you're better. Mm-hmm. Everything's cool. Now let's go fight some shit. But then it cuts to a year later, and we basically bypass her character. Like, Scarlett Johansson's character of the Major talks like, oh, you know, like, I don't know if I belong here. Maybe I belong out there. Like, she has these, like, things where it's like she's supposed to be becoming aware of how she doesn't quite – she's not quite human, but she's not quite machine. She's something in between. And the film literally just skips a year ahead so that we can just have her – another character tells her, like, by the way – find out who you really were and then like <laughs> cut to the next scene. I know who I really was. Mm-hmm. And then movie ends. Like it's, it's so, it's so dumb and doesn't drive you through like nothing in the film had me like excited to see what the next scene was. I was literally just sitting on it. it it's like, it's like when I drive to work in the morning and I sit in traffic, you know, it's like where I'm like, I can <laughs> see where I want to go. Just, just, go why am i standing still on the freeway like what is wrong like this whole film is like sitting in traffic just waiting for something on a very expensive freeway (laughs) it's a very expensive (laughs) freeway and it's like i just don't i don't get i mean so here's the one thing that i think um i think that there are some things ideas and ways of talking that work better in other languages. And like Stephen and I have sort of had this conversation when we've like seen any foreign film leaving the theater where I kind of bring this up like in, in our lift back, like where I'm like, I, I feel like this dialogue would not work in English. Like there is something about he- hearing another language, seeing an actor perform that and then uh, uh, reading the text where you sort of meld those two things together where stilted dialogue can seem really profound and great mm-hmm. when it's spoken by somebody in another language. When you yeah. dub that, which is the equivalent of what they're doing here, you know, like just doing it in English, it it loses something and it just feels fake and dumb and boring. And like the whole scene with, you know, like there, there's a guy who like, you know, like, basically like vomits cables out of his face and can hack into people's brain through their eyes and it's super rad all of his dialogue i think would work in any language other than english or in a video game where there's already this level of this is not real i'm watching this completely digital thing he felt like a video game character too like yeah. a metal gear solid villain or something yeah you know like he he, he totally works as that um and there's something about once you tell me no like this is in your language and you're watching it as if it's real it's that all those walls fall down and i'm just watching it i'm just watching this thing like naked on the screen and none of it works and i just i feel like there could be a good film here or at least an interesting film and what we get is it's kind of like scarlett johansson is giving a performance where she is sort of 
disconnected from the world and humans, right? Like she's never done that before, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, so she's giving this performance, and it feels like the entire film mirrors that back at her instead of everyone else seeming super alive and her just seeming very robotic. And I just, I, I, I get why she was directed to act that way. I just don't get why the rest of the film felt like it was on par with that. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's, this is a failure on so many parts. I, I don't even get the stylistic decision of her acting robotic because her brain is not robotic, right? Like why, why should she seem stilted in her behavior beyond like physical gestures and stuff? Well, well so her, her brain, her, her ghost or her soul is not robotic. But the brain has been heavily augmented with things that are connecting directly into it. Like her memory is her, – her, her, her memories appear as code, right? Like the doctor can go in, take individual memories and just delete them from the system, right? That's like they've wiped her – they've wiped her backstory. They've wiped everything about her. So she is sort of a clean slate. So like I buy totally fine that she is sort of this shell mm-hmm. <laughs> and that there is a personality in there. But there's also some like – disassociation with the world like i'm totally fine with that i just the, everyone else feels like they're just not there mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it just it's really really sad yeah like, i don't know what happened with this movie <sighs> it, it it was very strange and i think what makes it so frustrating which is is, is kind of like how carson said it too is it isn't at least to me, it isn't that it was, like, explicitly bad. It's just that it, like, it had so much it could have done, and then it just didn't do anything. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I don't know I don't know if that happens in the editing room, right? Like, I don't know where the movie gets so bland and fangless. <laughs> like, because they had, they had a cool visual vocabulary, even if it is, like, a little derivative of other things. Yeah. And they had kind of cool characters, like, kind of cool action. Uh, I mean, I liked her, her friend, basically, he seemed straight out of like Street Fighter or something like the big, <laughs> just the, the big Australian dude. Um, yeah. Like they, they had a kind of fun, campy style, but then it just didn't, it didn't do anything. Like the, the villain is kind of set up to be this cool video game type bad guy. And I, I don't want to spoil much, but there's like, there's very little by way of confrontation with him and almost nothing by way of badassery with him. Yeah. Um. Like, everyone in this movie, either good or bad, has so little screen time to do anything of interest that they just, like, fade away. Uh, Juliette Binoche also, like, her character, you're supposed to feel some emotional connection to, I think. But it's just, it it doesn't give you enough time to care about her. They're just like, all right, you know her. She's white. She's French. You're supposed to feel, care about her. (laughs) All right, we're we're done with that. We'll come back to that later when you're supposed to feel other things. She's a doctor chick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I totally, like, even... When she first starts giving her a scene, all I could think of, like I said before, was the Assassin, Assassin's Creed in the trailer. And, but it's like the performance in the trailer for Assassin's Creed is better than her entire performance <laughs> in this entire movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? I don't, I don't get what you're doing or who you're doing. Like I just, it something was, everything just felt wrong. Yeah, and and I think it's just like to to get back very briefly to the whitewashing ideal. Like one of the reasons that's so like weird on display here is that like this movie did not need this to be Scarlett Johansson like this is not a character you care about yeah this isn't a character that like draws you in and you root for like Robert Downey Jr. or something like this movie could have easily been a cast of no-name people and been like 
equally good. Like it would have been fine. Like there's no charismatic yeah. anything on screen here. Yeah, but, so but I, I, mean, I really don't know why they went that route. But they could have made the film where it was Scarlett Johansson and you did care about her, right? Sure. Like, yeah, that's. I mean, of there's lots of films that do whitewashing, and at the very least, this film, outside of the aesthetic of like a weird like future like Tokyo type looking city, like. There is nothing inherently Asian about this story, right? It's not appropriating culture. It is just a story that was originally a Japanese story. If this was an American remake and it was all white characters and it was set in a future San Francisco or a future New York, it there wouldn't be no whitewashing controversy, right? Like sure. it would just be like, oh, this is just an American remake of this story. So it, I, I'm not going to fully defend the the like whitewashing of the film, but it also seems like one of the least egregious of other films that like are we've seen recently, right? I just it I don't understand the controversy because this is just an American remake. And they're just lifting the story and using it, and there's nothing about that story that needs it to be told by Asian characters. I guess it's just it, – it still keeps its anime style pretty heavily on display. Like it's not like – like nobody blames Marty for making The Departed be white people, right? Because he actually lifted it to a Boston setting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean like, but, like yeah. as, as Carson said – the like the matrix borrows a lot of visual imagery from this sure. and like from anime in general like the wachowskis mm-hmm. are big anime yeah. people like, right they yeah. know like that's why they wanted yeah. to do speed racer right mm-hmm. so nobody was like oh geez why was there not enough asian people in in the matrix right mm-hmm. because it was just cool the wachowskis made this badass movie and it feels very anime inspired but it just isn't right, right. I, I i don't I get without spoilers, there are certain plot points here that feel like they're like putting salt in the wound for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. There are some really dumb scenes that don't need to be in this movie that make it inherently like yeah. the stupidest thing in the world. Yeah, anyway, I, I agree. Like, the, it is not the most egregious of the film's sins. It's just like because the movie was not that not that charisma driven anyway it seems like an unnecessary sin like they didn't even gain anything from it and yeah, yeah, yeah. paramount probably lost a shit ton of money from the decision in the end because yeah. so many people like will just not see the movie now true yeah i mean i don't think that the and i, I do agree that the uh you know it's weird that they chose to do like a almost like a big hero six type of thing like because it's not really it's not really set in Japan or Asia like it's almost like a San Francisco type of deal where it's just this right like didn't you guys get that uh, sense I, I of that I thought it was Tokyo it's... but that's just I mean it, it, yeah yeah I mean it, it's... It, it feels like it could be anywhere Yeah like they have geisha bots <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but that could also I mean... be just that hotel right <laughs> and the prime minister is a Japanese man <laughs> I think they were just trying to go with like an international cast, but uh, I don't know. I just think the whole that whole issue is kind of just dumb anyway. Because not only did the the director of the anime come out, who's a producer on this, and say Scarlett Johansson's great, like art is art, you know, and and like side, he even he even went to like the infamous example of this of whitewashing. Um, and cited John Wayne as Genghis Khan, which is like, fuck it. Like, they want to do it? Fine. Um, that's basically what his point was. It's like, I mean, because it's true. It's like, I mean, if Ghost in the Shell was originally an American property 
and they remade it in Japan, well, of course they're going to use all Asian actors. Like, that's how they would do it. I mean, they've done that, like, with, like, Bollywood's done that. They've remade, like, Reservoir Dogs and Fight Club and shit. And, um, I don't know, it just, <laughs> Reservoir it's weird. Dog millionaires. But even though, <laughs> even, like, uh, The Departed is is an American Yeah, like Steven remake. said. Right, right, yeah. 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 And yeah. Nobody was like, "Oh shit." Really? No. Really? No, yeah. So so it's part, <laughs> it's partly how you do it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it just uh, to some people, I guess they see it as a missed opportunity, not like a sin, just like a why couldn't they have done it another way considering they are keeping the foreign aesthetic and like the the symbols of being in Tokyo and it is like a badass story that people are familiar with. Like so, you know, it 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 isn't like why are you so terrible? It's more like you you know you blew a shot to do something cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, that's uh, um. Now I don't even remember what I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> um oh gosh, I don't even know. Somebody, somebody must be hacking oh. your brain right now, Carson. Wait, did you not encrypt it? <laughs> no, I did it. I, uh, I they, they used that it. word so many times. Like, <laughs> we can't deep dive into the code if you encrypt it. Like, oh my god. <laughs> well, it, it, it was. I mean, the, like that specific situation, they have to like put her in a state where she's going to be in risk, right? Like, that's the whole point. So, like, they just come up with a scenario like, oh well, duh. If you were the super project, you would be like your your systems would be encrypted or behind firewalls and all that jazz. But like, in this context, you're risking yourself to get some information. So it's just a. I forgive that way more than I do, like, any time somebody said encryption in, like, the born whatever, right? I don't know. To, to me, it's, like, transcendence or the hacking scene in Skyfall where it's just, like, all right, <laughs> this is how computers work, I guess. <laughs> Numbers are flying by and you're unencrypted and you're vulnerable and people can grab you or whatever. I mean, but but that is like some cyberpunk stuff, right? Like where yeah. when you are doing hacking, like you exist on an actual plane in the digital world and like you're physically fighting somebody. It's kind of like in, in X-Men Apocalypse, right? When mm-hmm. they're inside uh, Xavier's mind fighting Apocalypse, mm-hmm. like there is an idea of like technomancers and stuff where like you you will engage in this literal fight in the digital world and whoever succeeds is the one who breaks the other person's like system and it's mm-hmm. that like there is precedence for that in this type of storytelling that makes it one step cooler than just like I am uploading virus to system and infiltrating network. Yeah, I, I guess it's just when I compare it to things like Tron, which are so campy and having fun, this like when they straddle the line and feel like they're trying to sound clever or cool, then I get really annoyed by them. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know why. Okay, I remember what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> Chris mentioned something about how, like, like the real egregious nature of this movie is just the fact that it's boring and not good. Like, I agree with that. I think that the... I don't think that the, the, the controversy is what derailed this movie. Like, I honestly think it is simply to do with the fact that it's just not a great movie. And I feel like um, also... Ghost of the Shell isn't like a well-known property. Like it's a very niche property. Like they and and I feel like I feel like kind of circles though. Like it's it's the big one that was on display in Suncoast Video, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was telling yeah, I, yeah. I was telling Stephen like when I first started getting into anime, there were two VHS tapes that I bought because everybody said to watch them. It was Ghost in the Shell and it was Ninja Scroll, and like those are the ones that like everybody watched and everybody talked about. 
Yeah, but but you you know it because you know you love anime, or I know it because I've seen the movie, or et cetera, et cetera. But it's like Joe Blow moviegoer doesn't know what Ghost in the Shell is. Like, I mean, you can get. I feel like people in the big cities would know what Ghost in the Shell is, but if you if you talk to somebody in like Middle America, they're, they're gonna be like, "What? Like Ghost in the Shell? Who cares?" Like I feel like, <laughs> show me I, I boss like, baby. <laughs> like no, and I mean it's not like a it's not like a slight against Middle America. It's like you need you need that though to to win at the box office. Mm, like, yeah. and if it's a property that isn't you know batman or super it's almost like the studio knew that and they wanted to get a big actress who would draw crowds right. even if they didn't know the property no i mean that's exactly mm. that's exactly what they did <laughs> i mean that's exactly what they did yeah. but it's still it's still not i mean even if you cast one of the biggest movie stars in your movie it's still like not gonna help it much like especially if people if Joe Blow moviegoer sees the trailer for this movie and just goes oh i've seen that like that's not gonna you know that's not going to get people to go out and see your movie. And I just think that it's not a property that's like, a, you know, a Batman or a Superman or a Spider-Man, something like that where everyone knows about it. And, like, it's I think that's why I think yeah. it's just, like, too mm-hmm. niche. And, like, um, you know, having Scarlett Johansson on board is great, but, like, it's not doesn't help you in the long run, which I feel like is why they really should have just gone the inaccessible route and made this, like, a really non-mainstream movie right because like why bother because this is just so uh sanitized and it's not like it's not a fun movie like it's just really it's very very serious um to the point to the point of parody like it's it and i know that the the anime was serious too but i mean like the whole tone of that movie is very like brooding and I mean, it, it fits with it. Like, this, they're clearly trying to be like, oh, look how cool it is. Like, she's so badass. And, you know, they're trying to make it, like, almost like a like a John Wick-style action. Like, that kind of fun. But it's not because, like, this whole... They're almost, like, still trying to do that, like, very brooding, serious sci-fi that the anime that, is. That, that's the thing, though, is is... There's the opening scene where she jumps through the window... Yeah. There's the scene where she she in the, also in the trailer where she chases the guy into the, like two inches of water that are there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. there's the final scene. Like this is not even a film with crazy Matrix style action, right? There's no. one wall running scene, and then one ducking behind pillar scene. <laughs> that's that's it. Like mm-hmm. the, this this isn't. It doesn't even try to be John Wick. It doesn't try to be the yeah. Matrix. It doesn't try to be anything. Well, and that's why the question is, what did they fill the runtime with? Like, I can't, yeah, exactly. I can't, I can't explain it now. It was little, like, weird, like, voxel holograms, uh-huh. which were admittedly <laughs> no, but, really cool. But, but that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying, like, because in the original movie, like, there weren't really any big action scenes. Like, there's the scene at the end where, which is kind of in, which is also in this movie, too, where she's fighting the tank. Um, but I mean, in the original, like if, if I'm remembering correctly, there weren't like a lot of big action scenes, especially like, I mean, there is that scene in the beginning where she jumps off the building, but there's not like her shooting robot geishas and stuff like, or running over the walls (laughs) and shit. Like, I mean, right. Like there wasn't any of that stuff. Like, I feel like that was added to try and make it more of like a fun, like, sci-fi action movie and like that's not what this property is at all so so one question i would have like if if this is the type of property that 
just will not be a big hit. Like, it, it doesn't have the massive draw, and it's kind of a strange niche crowd. Why would they invest such a big budget and put it all on screen? Like, why not let it be a lower budget, crazy movie that gets to be dark? And if it's successful, then it'll be like an awesome runaway victory. Yeah, like, well, like, they that's what I don't get that. is why would they put so much money into a movie like this so it has to be sanitized? Yeah, well, they should have done that, but they uh, weren't very smart. <laughs> but I, I think they potentially thought they had a hit on their hands, when, at least when they started the project. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean they, they definitely there's... they definitely looked at the numbers and stuff and were like, okay, we got Scarlett Johansson, Lucy was a hit, and she led that, and she's in all these, you know, Marvel movies, and those are huge hits, and like... The, you know, they again, they're and they were trying to put this movie into a box, like a mainstream box, and that they could potentially, you know, grow into a franchise or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just it, it feels short sighted because I feel like any actor in the lead would not have changed anything about this movie. Like, the, the yeah. actor isn't the problem. No, no, no I, I, it's just a film that doesn't get what made the original interesting and doesn't get what would make. Yeah. anything now interesting mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah because i think one thing too is the big ideas of the original that were maybe like very interesting when they were proposed of like you know mind and body and the difference between humanity and robotics and how the world could merge into the two like that has been done so many times now like you can't just rest on that to be cool and carry a movie like you you need to either really go into the philosophic territory and like throw out some crazy shit that like curveballs that people weren't expecting or you have to make it be like at least really cool and crazy and fun yeah you, and, and it's just kind of straddled both as if like the idea alone would would blow our minds and yeah sorry like you're a couple decades too late for this to blow my mind so i think what the, what this could have been a more interesting uh thing to do with this property is to do it more like uh more like the Animatrix or even like the BMW films where you get like six directors to do a short film in this universe with their take on the character of Major and, you know, take that whole budget and split it amongst all those little projects and then put it together as one big thing where you get to like watch a bunch of these different directors' takes on the character and you could do something cool with that, right? Mm -hmm. And then you could get ones that are an all-Asian cast. You know, you can get ones that are like somebody like a Zack Snyder, right, where he's going to do this insane scenes of her jumping off roofs and slow-mo and crap like that. But then you could also, you know, as Carson was saying, Nicholas winning Revan could do one, right? Like, you could just (laughs) do... He already did. It's called Only God Forgives. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what? I thought that movie was boring too. (laughs) Maybe there's nothing they could have done with it. But that's, that's what this, that's what this remake should have been like. It should have been like that, like a really just out there fucking movie. It could have used the scene where uh, the baby goose comes out and says, want to fight? And then <laughs> the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Spoilers for Only God Forgives. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh, but no, the, the thing I was going to say, which, which ties back into the, the whole, you know, you know, her, her rump over the whitewashing stuff, which is, and I'll, I'll skate around it, but like, I feel like what, when this movie reveals like what's going on with Scarlett Johansson and stuff, like I can, I I feel like the, it's more of the movie's fault than like, I can understand why people are upset, but I just, I honestly think it's just the fault of the movie because I feel like they're trying to 
they're trying to have, make some statement about like how oh look how fucked up it is fucked up this is that like these big corporations you know preyed on these people and like basically enslaved them <laughs> to robotics like i feel like there's there's some kind of statement there but this movie doesn't even attempt to dig any deep it doesn't do a deep dive like into yeah. it like they just they kind of present it but then don't do anything with it and yeah well i mean it's like a lot of the themes of the movie it felt like yeah it, it knows you you've seen it before so it just telegraph like it choreographs like the bare minimum and then it expects you to really care because it's so dour and heavy yeah. <laughs> and and that's yeah. a weird combination right of like not giving you the not giving you the fuel to care and then playing it out as if you really cared yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think the just the fact that it's so surface level and like doesn't even wanna it like it wants to have those ideas and those themes, but it just doesn't go anywhere near them. And and you know, it comes off as as insensitive or whatever. And, you know, that I feel like is just the fault of the movie being so lame and not because of like, oh, they were just trying to offend everyone. Like, I mean, come on, like this is I feel like, you know, the people who complain about this, it's such a small and vocal group that they overlook movies all of the time. And I only say that because Juliette Binoche is in this film and she fucking played, she straight up played a Chilean in the 33, that the Chilean <laughs> minor movie with Antonio Banderas. Like, nobody gave a shit about that because that movie wasn't some huge blockbuster movie like julia binoche played a chilean and it was like nobody cared <laughs> no one gave a shit and she flew on in that movie it's just her talking about how she's gonna make empanadas and it's like a french woman with a tan <laughs> talking about how she's gonna make empanadas and a latino woman directed it and it was just like oh like i'm i'm dead serious like jennifer lopez was supposed to be in this part and they're like well she passed but we can get julia binoche fuck it just academy award-winning actress let's get her in this shit <laughs> We'll have her. Well, she can do it. She can talk about making empanadas. Whatever. <laughs> no, and nobody gave a shit. No one now. gave a shit. No well, one I just gave a shit. How, how much of the thirty-three miners conversations <laughs> were about empanadas? <laughs> Dude, well, there's the a lot. Is, if, if Jennifer Lopez would have been that that minor, then it wouldn't have worked out because nobody would have cared if they got rescued. <laughs> So the, the moral of the story is you can whitewash a minor character, but not a major character. Oh, hey oh. Hey but yeah, nice. I don't know. I just, I just think it's funny that, uh, you know, nobody cared about that. And, you know, there's been other examples too, but that, that's the most recent example of when, you know, people really getting vocal about stuff like this. And it's like, well, there was the 33 and like, oh, and Gabriel Byrne was in that, an Irish actor. And he was playing a Chilean too. It was like, okay. <laughs> Like, no, again, no one cared. Like, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's it's a only movie. a problem if Americans steal roles from Asian people. I guess, I guess. But, like, it's so funny because it's like, at the end of the day, it's just a movie and it's not real. Like, I feel like, like, if you want to get upset about something, like, put your, put your, you know, your energy and your passion into something that's really important instead of a ghost in the shell, a subpar American remake of a, of an anime like okay like you're gonna get upset about this fine whatever i just feel like there's more important things to be upset about like really yeah. i mean don't don't you think like i mean it just seems stupid because at the end of the day it's just a movie and you know i mean i i agree there's more important things i also think like basically you know no matter what country you're in hollywood is like by far the biggest entertainment producer yeah i mean like, hollywood's gonna hollywood so like you know if it, it would be nice 
the more Hollywood gives a shit about this stuff, the nicer it will be, right? And, you know, people are kind of vocal, too, because they're also like, I'm not really hurting this movie by hating on it, right? Like, like why not shout at it? And I think that's yeah. kind of their thought. It, it isn't like it's that big a deal to them. They're just like, I'm going to point this out now because, like, someday I hope they, you know, they do better than they do now. And beyond that, I don't think it makes sense to really, you know, be too upset about it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I saw I saw this video earlier in the week of this this guy. Um, I can't remember his name, but he's I guess he's like a semi semi famous YouTuber or something. And he went around. It was an Asian guy, and he went around the streets of Japan and asked just random people their thoughts on uh, Ghost in the Shell. So this was back like when they had just announced that Scarlett Johansson was going to play the major. And, um, like literally everyone didn't care. And it was hilarious because there was, there were two, there were these two girls and they were, they, the guy tells them like, okay, like, you know, Scarlett Johansson just got cast as, you know, in Ghost of the Shell remake. What do you think? Like they got so excited and she literally said, I'm glad it's a non-Asian actress because they look more anime. (laughs) Like... (laughs) And I mean, it's just so funny that like they didn't care, and they're all stoked because they're like, I "Love Scarlett Johansson, like she looks more like the character," and like that was their whole point. And then, um, and then like one one person literally said, "Like, yeah, well, you know, Hollywood's gonna Hollywood." And then, yeah, and they were just like, "But I'll see it." Like it was just so funny that like they like just didn't care at all. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I do also want to say a pro of it being Scarlett Johansson is they managed to make it, it felt to me like a direct lost in translation reference <laughs> there's a scene where she is like laying in oh, underwear yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the camera like in front of a window overlooking Tokyo and the camera is like lingering on her back it's like the first scene she was ever in as an actress anyway i i don't know if they did it on purpose but i got a i got a chuckle out of that that was yeah i feel like that was deliberate that was uh, yeah. the, the, that was a little <laughs> shout out there. Chris is looking at me like he hasn't seen Lost in Translation. I've seen it. Okay, I've just that was the opening shot of Lost in Translation. Was yeah. was that before uh, uh, Better Luck Tomorrow? Uh, I think it came. No, maybe it came out a year after. I, I thought it was her first role because she was like. 17 or something when it was nah, Scarlett Johansson's been acting since she was like a kid dude she was in Home Alone 3 <laughs> ah you're right you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah I accept your apologies yeah yeah bro <laughs> it was, actually it was I just added you where it was okay for adults to be attracted to just added you bro well, well I think that was the first role where she showed off some booty her, her introduction to in, in Better Luck Tomorrow is a crotch shot it's like an upward pan Wait, at is, a table. Scarlett Johansson. Wait, was that she wasn't in that movie? Who am I thinking of? Better Pretty luck sure. tomorrow. That was the Justin Lin movie. There were there weren't any white people in that. I'm pretty sure she plays like an emo type chick. And better luck Almost. tomorrow. Unless I'm thinking of a different name of the movie. Yeah, better luck tomorrow does not seem like the movie you're talking about. Yeah, better luck tomorrow has got it's like all Asian cast. Yeah, are you are you, talk, are you talking about like the perfect score or something? No, this is the I'm almost a hundred percent certain. Hold on. All right, we got to get on Scarlett Johansson's IMDb. Are we talking about Ghost World? No, no. Mm. 
I'm pretty sure someone. Obviously, the horse whisperer. <laughs> Not the horse whisperer. All I remember is she played a she played an emo chick in Perfect Score. Yeah. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. That's the one with Chris yeah, yeah. Evans. Chris Evans is in that too. They try to steal like the SAT scores or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the yeah, perfect that's the score. One I'm of. Lost in Translation came first. Before Perfect Score? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Shit. What was Better Luck Tomorrow about? That was the Justin Lin movie. Where they're like, yeah, yeah, that doesn't tell me what the plot's about. Damn it! Is that <laughs> the, not also about? It's that someone's also about school, right? Yeah, yeah they're schoolers. yeah they're in high school. They're like, it's like they live in Orange County, and they're all like, there's like a murder and shit. You know, I forgot <laughs> ScarJo was in Ghost World. Actually, yeah, I feel her, like her and Thor Birch. Anyways, Ghost this has all been riveting, riveting, riveting <laughs> entertainment <laughs> here. <laughs> Ghost Almost World riveting as the movie. <laughs> I would love I would love to see Terry Zwigoff's take on Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> that would be a fucking just acidic movie. That'd be good. There's like a long side scene where Major has like a weird romantic flim with Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> she gets really mad when a bunch of children are crossing the street. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought... I thought Scarlett Johansson wasn't terrible in this role, but then after the movie was over, Sarah did not, she was not a fan, and she said that, quote, she did not like how Scarlett Johansson was doing the, uh, I got fucked really hard in the ass walk, which I didn't notice, but apparently she was doing that. I don't know if you guys noticed. Like, she was like, that was her robot walk, was like, do like the weird, I was like, oh, like, I just noticed the voice. (laughs) And like uh, didn't, didn't didn't cross my mind. But yeah. I, <laughs> I, mean, I kind of feel like she's had to play this role so many times before that like she must just like slip into it now. As, I like, guess this is yeah. My weird robotic thing. I mean, it's funny because Lucy did have like shades of Under the Skin, um, yeah. and then this has like shades of both of those movies, but is like nowhere near as good as either of those two. So it's almost like she just like slowly downgraded in these like. Yeah. <laughs> In, like, the genres, but, like, I don't know. Like, Lucy was definitely a better movie than this. And that guy, the guy who plays uh, Batu in in this movie, uh, he was the guy in Lucy. The guy who was, like, the dressed as the cowboy. He was, like, the pimp or whatever in the beginning. Um, really? That was he the, did feel like a Luke Besson-type character. Yeah, that was the same dude who, who just looks like Danish Joshua Jackson. Like, I can't get over that. <laughs> No, anyway, no one, yeah, no I one. Think, I, think, I think we should. Chris is giving a look. <laughs> yeah, I think we should uh, end this. No one got, no one got Danish, no one got Danish Pacey vibes. <laughs> no, I don't got Danish anything vibes. Oh Carson. man, you know this was like when I was listening to the Raw review, Jesus and you guys, Christ, did, Carson, you Carson, guys didn't, Carson, no, no, Carson, you guys didn't mention Carson, that the guy looked Carson, like French Drake. Carson, okay, Carson, French Drake. I was very disappointed that no one I mentioned that. French Drake. That was funny. <laughs> All right, now I'm done. All right, let's just get to our verdicts. <laughs> At some point in time, I skipped ahead in this recording, and now we are talking about our verdicts. Ah, uh, boo. <laughs> Stephen Miller, <laughs> if you were going to give this a must-see, a reckon with a caveat, a wait-for-rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Um, I mean, I, I would call this a pass with a caveat, basically. It's like... 
normally this is what I would make a low rental because I don't think there's anything like terribly wrong with it. I just think it's wasted potential, but the potential was high enough and the money is like, it feels wrong for it to be this mediocre. So pass with a caveat, you probably won't hate it, but you probably won't like it very much either. Carson Patrick. Yeah, I'm going to give it a pass too. Like, I mean, it's not good and I don't think that, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I've already forgotten about it, but like, I, again, it's not, it's not overtly terrible. Like I, I just, it's just so middle of the road. Like, I don't know. I feel like must avoid would be too harsh, even though it is, it is very, very bland, but, uh, yeah. Bland chat. But <laughs> I would, yeah, I'm just giving it a pass. <laughs> no. I was thinking Kate Blanchett was in his movie. <laughs> Why were you thinking that? You can you can fix that in post. <laughs> no, you went for it. This is your this is your punishment. No, no, you, it's gonna get left in, but French Drake is gonna get cut out. So, uh, yeah, for me, I don't think that must avoid is too harsh on this film. I think it's a must avoid. Um, I mean, guys. This film ends with a spider tank fight, and it's yeah. it's not even it, it's just like I think it was better than the tank fight in Chappie. No, no, no it's not at no. all. <laughs> like Chappie, dude. That <laughs> every every movie made in the last twenty years that has a giant mech fight is better <laughs> than this spider tank, which has the mobility of of nothing. <laughs> dude, that the, whole the, the rhino that tries to molest. Um, uh, uh, Where is this going? Stephen Hawking's in the new Harry Potter movie. That <laughs> rhino has more mobility than the spider Paul, tank. Paul Giamatti. <laughs> not, not that rhino. Crush <laughs> you. <laughs> Dude, that that whole spider tank scene just felt like they they added that in. Like that felt like a reshoot. They were like, no, but there oh. are spider tanks in the original. No, I know, but it just felt like they didn't have that initially, and they're like, well, let's add in a, a final action scene. And we'll Carson, just do... if they didn't have that, how did this movie end? I don't know. Anything. I don't know, dude. How did this movie have three credited screenwriters and it end up so bad? <laughs> like, I don't know. But this it did. Movie is like, hey, hey, why do what I keep seeing write? this little hut? Hey, how come you have a tattoo of a hut on you? Maybe we should go to the hut. <laughs> Spider tank. So <laughs> dumb. Yes. It's it's not good, I will say, but there is I something about it is is keeping me above a must avoid. I just it's I don't know, it's just so like I don't know. It's just not as it's just not as it's not that. I feel like there are worse things out there, but this is just sad because of of so much of the wasted potential yes yeah that's the caveat well, i guess well on that note i think it's gonna do it for this episode of the spoiler warning part podcast podcast Try, trying to reach our <laughs> southern listeners yeah <laughs> podcast if you want to see movies about technologies <laughs> uh, but anyways see yeah, one of them spider tanks <laughs> steven miller if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Triggered. Uh, you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Uh, Carson, if people wanted to hack your face with their mouth tentacles, <laughs> <laughs> where can they do that? I'm uh, going to be putting on some uh, Snapchat goggles and wondering why Michael Pitt was credited as Michael Carmen Pitt in this movie. 
Maybe because he just didn't want to, he wanted to confuse people. Be like, I wasn't in it. That was Michael Carmen Pitt, guys. I wasn't in this trash. All right, whatever, sir. Something, you got to pay the bills. You got to pay the bills somehow. I mean, hey, Julia Binoche slums it every now and again. Godzilla, Chilean minor movie. This. You know, got to eat. You got to eat, man. It can't all be, you know, the three colors blue or whatever in the English patient. So, oh well. All right, well, people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. Um, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Ghost in the Shell, so hopefully you are enjoying that. Uh, next week, we are going to be doing a, uh, a review of the Smurfs Netflix The Lost film. Village. <laughs> <laughs> a review of the Netflix film The Discovery, um, which uh, hopefully will be better than this goddamn piece of shit that we just watched. <laughs> Don't talk about our podcast that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so look forward to that. Um, yeah, thank you guys for joining me. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I want to watch that Chilean minor movie now. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Juliette Binoche offers a lot of empanadas to everyone. I don't know if you knew that, but... I'm empanada, gotta watch it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Also, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh. Why do you have to apologize? You don't have to apologize. <laughs> they knew what, what they signed up for. I don't that's have what, to that's, apologize. I just that's feel what like fast I forward buttons are for, dude. <laughs> it's okay. Oh. But, yeah, I do, I, I, do I, I do say French Drake, though. That guy totally looked like it in Raw. <laughs> I'm going to get that in. I'm going to make sure this is on the record. That's all I could think about during that movie. I don't even know who French Drake is. It's a French <laughs> version of Drake. Yeah, no, he was I, the... No, I get the word. The guy in Raw. It's yeah, like the an guy in Raw, comparison. dude. Oh, the only yeah, guy who looked exactly like French Drake. Like French Drake. <laughs> the I've roommate. been staring at a photo of Drake ever since Carson said that. <laughs> I mean, they look fairly similar. No, no, they look identical. He looks a lot like Drake. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, on that note, we will see you guys with that review we're doing later. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>